All right, here we are. Lawyer Talk Live. We have, uh, uh, we just as ever with the Blitz and uh, took the phone in legal questions. So, miss that part next Wednesday. You can go listen to that. And we always do a little brief recap here at Lawyer Talk Live on channel 511. So, those who are uh, following us, we had, I think, what, like 500,000 people last week, Jared, following us live, something like that. Can't remember. Maybe like 25. <laughs> It was like 25. It was like 25. So Which, uh, I was impressed with 25. I'll take 25. I'll take two. What's going on, Dan? <laughs> Dan, Dan's here. Yeah, we have Dan. Uh, Dan's usually watching. Dan's usually oh. watching. He likes the show. Yeah. So I just, I just gave him a shout out there. He might end up texting him. It's back. Dan, right. Dan the fam? No, actually, photo Dan. Dan Buckley. Photo Dan. And yeah. uh, he's, he's excellent at what he does. He does a great job. Sweet. Let's push that mic towards you a little bit, Norm. There you go. All right, so we got Norm. Let's uh, let's get him up there. So we got Norm Murdoch, a friend of the show, been on the show now. This is the third time you've come down here for this, and yes, uh, always great having Norm here because just awesome insight into stuff. And then you know, sitting where the beer normally sits, Matthew Ryan Palmer. Hello, my son, taking over. You're gonna be a, a lawyer talk guest for the first time. Live. I wish I'd had one of those beards because then I could just you, you could wear the beard, like this fake beard, Get a fake beard, and on. then that way uh, that way you could be sitting right there in the beard seat. We got the new beard, beard two point Yeah, we we got uh, so yeah, you know it's he was it, school's out for summer, as Alice Cooper would like to say. Yeah, and uh, Matthew, I guess the choice was let you go read your book and or stare at your little mini screen, or come and let everybody stare at you on their mini screen. I that, chose the second. That works. Randy Loper there. They had some landlord tenant questions. Good COVID. One qu- good COVID question. A good that, COVID that, question. That's a good yeah. COVID question. And they started out with, with Randy getting back. I, I, I stopped in the studio a little late here. He's talking about, did he get his ticket paid yet? Did he pay it? I didn't. He said he still has to go back out. There. I, I didn't hear that he paid it. I so he paid it. No. It, it's and that was something I wanted to ask Norm about. Uh-oh. What do you think about that, uh, that, 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 uh, change in the speed limit on route 62 right there when you get into new albany you notice that yeah. yes i did notice that so ah, boy that's gonna get me i'm i whatever i shorty shorty came home she was like jared so it was five five right yes it, and it went to 45 yeah they dropped it to 10 yeah and that's like this she asked me she's like did you notice on 62 they changed the speed limit? which i understand why they did it but for that i was like this i said yeah i saw that yeah i was like how when when they at one point in time, they do have a one sign that says new. You know, they kind of tell yeah. you, new speed limit. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, but still, like, oh, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, it's and worse. it's novelty, man. Well, it's worse, it's worse than that in Johnstown. So there's a section in Johnstown, and I'm sure. The, oh, at the end there. Well, hang on. Uh, it, it, it's, it's rather, and probably won't believe this. But there actually is a uniform traffic uh, control handbook that, you know, all of these little villages and states, everybody's supposed to use. Um, and you can use that to fight a ticket, by the way. You can, it can actually make an engineering argument that they didn't um, do the signage correctly. I've beaten a ticket that way before. Um, but in, in, in Johnstown, for example, it's 35 miles per hour in a section on State Route 62 in town and 25 miles an hour the opposite way on the same road in the same section of the same road so 35 (laughs) going east and 25 going west as an example 
in the same actual section. <laughs> I mean, it's inexplicable, right? Why? Under what kind of rational basis could that possibly? <laughs> yeah. I, but I mean, that's all over the place, and and people. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to step on Steve's thing, but I mean, if if you do get a ticket, it, it's probably worth your time to actually go out and kind of survey the spacing spacing between like when they first announced the speed <clears throat> limit, and then uh, you, you know, have they given sufficient notice? that it's transitioning from one speed to the next. There's actually standards for that. And uh, yours truly, being the tightwad I am, have have beaten that. <laughs> well, when I was an impoverished college student, I did stuff like that. I fought every ticket. I, I, I fought a ticket. I'm sorry to keep blabbering. No, no, no that's, right. that's why you're here. Well, this yeah, is what so, we want. So uh, <laughs> yeah. I fought a ticket once and, and beat it on um, excessive noise. So, Okay. I can, the statute of limitations has run. Muffler fell off one of my cars. Okay. So it was just a regular car. It's not a race car. It's nothing hyper. <laughs> it's just a, just a regular like commuter, commuter car, right? Muffler fell off. I didn't have the money to buy muffler. Didn't, you know, I'm working at Kroger getting paid five bucks an hour or whatever. Back this back in the seventies. And so, um, yeah, so it fell off. I drove it that way for, I don't know. You know, I don't know, you know, till I disposed of the car. So, so, you know, a copper in Delhi Township, which is a suburb of Cincinnati, pulls me over, writes a ticket. And I said to myself, you know what? A certain percentage of the time, the police just won't show up. Like they got something else. They're on vacation or, you know, they, their captain says, nah, that's not, you know, $35 fine. You know, you're, you're on a bigger we got something else we want you to do that day than sit in court. So I just took a flyer that I might beat him by just, he wouldn't show up. So I go down there, register that, you know, my plea come back two weeks later for the little trial police officers there. He testifies. It says, um, the prosecutor made a key mistake and asked the, and asked the officer, what did Mr. Murdoch's car sound like? And he said, it sounded like a 747 getting ready to take off. That's how loud it was. <laughs> and so I knew that the greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky airport was not um, approved for 747s. I just happened to know that little, <laughs> little factoid. <laughs> so when it was my turn to question the cop, I said, so uh, how do you know what a 747 sounds like? He said, uh, well, I've been to the airport. I said, would it surprise you to know that a 747 has never taken off or landed at Greater Cincinnati, Northern Kentucky Airport? So you couldn't possibly know that, could you? And he just kind of, uh, um, well, well, it sounded loud. Judge, I t- turned to the judge and said, your honor, my car's right out there in the parking lot we can take a short break here and I'll go out there and start it up for you. And you could see whether or not to you, your honor, it sounds like a 747. And the judge says, you know what? This has been interesting. Dismissed. (laughs) (laughs) And you drove your 747 home. Oh dude, I did a massive burnout in front of of the the courthouse. I mean, I, you know, I just dumped the clutch and let it out, man. I just laughed all the way home. But, uh, Matthew, I do not want you 
to pick up any of uh, my bad habits. Okay. You know, so like Luke Skywalker with Father's Day coming up, you and Darth here, you're going to rule the universe. But you don't need to imitate my bad habits. He probably didn't even know Father's Day was coming up. That's like I did. he's. Uh, it comes up on. It's on Sunday, right? You tell me. I believe it is, uh, dude. You better get to the hardware store buy something cool for Dad. That's all. That's all I'm yeah. saying. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Well, you know, you brought up a good point though, because uh, there is a uniform manual mm-hmm. about signs, traffic signs. Mm-hmm. And uh, Eric Yavich, when we when we first started, Eric was my partner. He's deceased now, but we used to we used to have that manual. It was like a, this huge, like one of those extra size three ring binders, and um, we won a lot of cases with that thing. You know, it's like handicap tickets. They the signs have to be a certain height, a certain location. Uh, speeding ticket sign or speeding signs have to be uh, they have to be uniform and standard. Yes, and presumably some really smart governmental scientist has gone out and said, this is the way it should be. But really yeah. uh, the idea is to avoid uh, the old Roscoe P. Coltrane speed traps. So yeah, you can get landlords too. So one time this landlord towed away uh, uh, a truck that I had parked uh, at this apartment building, visiting a friend yep. uh, New Year's Eve, parked my truck any old which way. I could so a bunch of snow, you know, so you just kind of park it in a snow bank and, you know, so, uh, he had a toad. I come out, uh, new year's day plus one. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, my truck's gone. So, um, called the landlord, my buddy's, uh, landlord. Oh, well, it's down here at this particular towing company in the impound lot. Like you said, Steve, there's standards for private towway, uh, signage. Mm-hmm. And he didn't meet that. So I sued him civilly. And <laughs> For the $125 towed. Yeah. Oh, dude. What was it? What did it cost? They towed it with my parking brake on. So, oh. yeah. So they fried the, the brake system, et cetera. And so uh, this particular landlord bought me, essentially, he financed a new set of racing wheels for my race car. Oh, that's yeah, nice. Yeah. 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 Not your breaks. There's a decision on this case. So I made it to the Ohio Court of Appeals because the landlord appealed the lower court's decision. And uh, the, the Court of Appeals, uh, so we, I had to write a brief. You had a brief and it was affirmed. It was affirmed. Did you go argue in front of the Court of Appeals? I did. Oh, awesome. Yeah. On behalf of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I was a law student at the time. So um, they commended me on my wonderful brief. And the landlord, who was a, an attorney, non-practicing, wrote a, he chicken scratch. He hand wrote his brief. Yeah. Well, I mean, I they, guess just, they destroyed him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I've done signage, man. Signage that matters. That was your point. Signage, notice, yeah. notice an opportunity to be heard. And if you don't have that notice component, then you have yeah. procedural due process problems. So, yeah. you know, and I got, it is interesting, though, because no matter how many signs I put in my parking lot out there. Yeah people still park there oh yeah it is it is insane to me sure i went out there the other day and there was you could have a sign on every area where you park right you know what people would do park there they park there yep i mean i went out the other day and somebody's just sitting in their car i'm like look you're not allowed to park here well i'm not parked (laughs) like you look like you're parked no i'm just waiting on somebody i'm just there's always a Mm -hmm. with all due respect to my young son here Whenever I point out things they're not doing right or things they're doing that I told them not to do, I always get the, I was just. 
Well, mm-hmm. I was just doing this. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I, I didn't ask what you were just doing. I, right. I, I'm telling you, you're parked in my parking lot, and there's a sign right in front of you that says you can't park here. Right. And then they, yeah, I can confirm that he does this all the time. Well, yeah. you know, sign, sign everywhere, a sign. Yeah, just, blocking out the scenery, breaking my mind. Yeah, you got to. Uh, now they're uh, Matthew wouldn't even know the Tesla version of that. So, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, hey, try owning rural property and putting up signs that say, you know, no hunting. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah that re- down, right? oh, dude, that really works in Lincoln County. Yeah. Let me tell you what. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Those well, deer, uh, deer hunters, no, no, they would not come on your land. If they see a sign, they would oh, they'd, they'd turn around. Yeah, they'll honor it. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, yeah, no, yeah, I just was like just. Those guys in the ghillie suits at the cabin. Hmm. Yeah, we had some land up there one time, and some dudes were in there literally poaching deer off my property yeah. in ghillie suits in sure. gun season. Yeah. It's just lunacy. Yeah, lunacy. And every now and then they shoot a farmer off his tractor or, yep. you know, shoot themselves. And, and you're thinking of the liability. You, you don't want these people on your land that you don't know who they are. And No, it's just not good. Not but, good. No. Yeah. So I guess what's the what's the takeaway? Follow the signs. If uh, there's a. One thing I read online, I don't know how accurate this is about. Um, well, you read it online. It must be accurate. Mm. No. Well, yeah, I guess sarcasm. But, um, <laughs> uh, I didn't realize that it was sarcasm at first, but um, a lot of times the speed guns that cops use, they have to calibrate it every so often. A lot of times they don't do it as often as they need to. So even if they do show up at court, sometimes you can use that against them if it's a speeding ticket. That's true. Well, here's what's interesting. You've just opened up a whole can of worms and you're going to get an answer. The In order to... There's a bunch of things. You're correct that they do have to be calibrated. And, and with the old radar guns, they had this tuning fork and they had this whole process they did and they had to, they had to go get it all calibrated. Now they got lasers. It's a different process, but they still have to check for calibration regularly. But here's the real rub. Um, if there are still, it, it, there are devices that police use and because of some quirky Ohio procedure, um, you have those devices have to be challenged and approved for use in Ohio because what the judge has to do every decision after that is take judicial notice of the reliability of the laser or the radar device. And I think now it might, any new device, obviously you have to do this, but so I had this come up one time. I was defending a case in Circleville and the prosecutor called me up and I just wanted it dismissed or pay costs or double the cost, whatever it would be. And they said, no, the trooper's got a new laser down here. We need to go. Would you challenge this for us and have a new trial and have a trial on it? And I was thinking, well, I don't want to do this. It's going to take a bunch of time and it's going to be expensive and I'm not going to get my deal, but that's what we had to do. They, they brought in the trooper and they brought in an engineer and they brought in an expert and they had to present testimony that this laser device was a generally reliable laser device and that it worked. And then later on, Every judge in that jurisdiction thereafter can take judicial notice that it is accurate and therefore they don't have to do this every time. And what they're really saying is uh, we're going to we're going to sort of circumvent the proof rules because when you're accused of a crime, they got to prove each and every element of the offense beyond a reasonable doubt implicitly anyway. Reliability of the laser device should be part of that. But no, they just take judicial notice. Meaning the judge says, well, I already heard this once. I'll just take judicial notice of all that same stuff and. We'll do it again, and I'll just accept it. But that doesn't mean if the Circleville Court has taken judicial notice that the Franklin County Courts will, or that uh, Pickaway, or uh, not Pickaway, uh, Union, or Madison, or any other county in Ohio, or uh, local city can take judicial notice of it because they then have to do the same exercise. So that's a little quirk. 
I once argued in my law review article that that's how breath testing machines ought to work in Ohio. But I, hmm. I, I, and I tried to argue that to the Ohio Supreme Court and in the Sixth Circuit and tried to get the U.S. Supreme Court to take it too. Yeah. I lost all the way up. Yeah. You know, one little funny thing about, you know, so uh, President Eisenhower, you know, mm-hmm. on his way out the door, uh, warned everybody about the, uh, you know, uh, the industrial warfare complex or defense industry complex. One little neat thing or maybe disturbing in a way about the radar detector industry is that most of the radar detectors uh, for sale back during the heyday of radar detectors were made by the very same people, the same corporations that were making the uh, speed guns, the, the, the radars for the police. So, well, that's so, interesting. So they were, they were, there was radar proliferation, if you will, and they were selling to both sides, you know, kind of like, uh, you know. So you're talking like the old fuzz busters that you yeah, see on people's yeah, dashboards. Yeah, yeah, so same companies making them for the police, and then they're making detectors for the civilians. And uh, not too different than like John Browning, you know, supplying uh, weapons for the Imperial Army for uh, Germany in World War One, as well as America in yeah. World War One. Yes, yeah, so like okay, uh, or or Bofors in Sweden or or whoever, you know, like uh, hey, you want you want guns? We'll sell you guns, you know, and then yeah. you can have your fight. Yeah, Bush one bought a boat. Off of like you might know the racer. There was a, a boat builder racer built these fast, you know, cigar boats. Oh yeah, and he was selling them to uh, the Colombians to smuggle drugs, and uh, and the Coast Guards couldn't catch these boats. So George Bush went to the same builder and said, "We need some boats." Hell yeah, yeah right? So boats. you know, what I mean, he's like, because they know who's building them, they could yeah. see them, they were signatured out. But yeah. he's like, "Hey, I build boats. That's my job. I don't know who's buying them." Yeah. They're like, "Well, we need them because we can't catch these guys." Yeah. And once again, so he was making it for, you know, uh, you know, who's the big guy there in uh, Columbia there. Everybody knows his oh, name. Pablo. 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 Yeah. Pablo yeah. He was building Pablo boats wow. and stuff. And, uh, and I think that was when Bush was with uh, the CIA. The old CIA. And yeah. he was like this. Well, we need some of them boats. Yeah. We got to get the boats. <laughs> George <laughs> the first. Boats. He, he held boats. every office. Yep. I mean, I, I don't know what he didn't do. Right. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he was the, like, the typical quintessential deep state. <laughs> a oh. lifelong politician guy. Incredible. Yeah. You know what's also about the he's the one that knows about the aliens. Yeah, he probably is that's, he's probably that's really good though. He's yes. you know he's gone. Well, he's he's gone now. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he was the one. Yeah. If you wanted to know the truth. Well, Jimmy it was him. You know, he pre- saw General Yeah, President Carter. He, he saw the Reagan's, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, was, Reagan. he was out on the lake. He said he was fishing. Yep. You know, like a lot of fishermen. Had one too many peanuts. Billy Beer. Billy Beer, yeah. I used to have was, six was that his brother or something? That was his brother. Yeah, his brother. His brother had Billy Beer. And- I remember my mom had this mug that was a peanut, and it looked like a peanut. It had, like, peanut feet on it, but it had a big smile. Right. It was like, so it was, yeah, it was old uh, Jimmy. Bill, Bill Peanut Farmer. Yeah. yeah, so Billy was to Carter as Hunter is to Biden. Or Bill Clinton's brother, remember him? Oh, yeah, he was a bit of a train crash, too. You're right, he was a train crash. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I, I'm trying to think of Bill's. I can't remember his name. Yeah, right. How about that? If Hunter Biden was uh, one of Trump's kids. Oh, I know. Using the N-word. It would be a totally different Do you remember Billy? Billy? It reminds me of Stalin's son. 
of how like crazy like Saul and Son was insane running around getting drunk running a hockey team. Well, I think Stalin's son. You might you might be thinking of his daughter. His Stalin's son, I think. No, his daughter was the normal one, and then yeah. his son Vasily was the insane one. Well, didn't he die in German captivity during World War II? Mm-mm. Sure, I think he did. No, we need the X checkers. We only had the where the hell's checker. a Google guy? Yeah, yeah we need the X checkers. <laughs> yeah, I think Stalin actually was ashamed of his son because he was captured, and the Germans were trying to use his son as negotiating material, and Stalin wrote him off. That's how I remember it. I could be wrong. Imagine how brutal that is. I mean, that guy yeah. was, he was, was a sociopath. Well, Joe Kennedy, you know, lost a son on a uh, suicide type of mission where they turned a U.S. bomber into a guided missile. And uh, Joe Jr. was supposed to parachute out when they armed the device before him parachuting out. It blew up in midair. I didn't know that story. Yeah, yeah. So he was the Kennedy that was supposed to be president instead of John. And then John almost uh, John almost died. He was a navy. Guy. He was in a PT boat. Yeah, and almost died there. He he was injured, I think. And he uh, he was going to be court martialed. Oh, is that right? Yeah, it, for that. So the PT one hundred nine movie, they made him into a hero. All yeah. that. He was he had that boat idling in a main uh, shipping channel, and what happened uh, is so it was a night fog, and a uh, Japanese cutter uh, cut the boat in half. Gotcha. I mean, he's just floating around in a PT boat, in you know, like in a main channel. So he was someplace where he shouldn't have been, shouldn't have and been. he was in command of it. And they couldn't move the boat in time, and they that's right. It was um, arguably incompetent uh, seamanship. And, uh, yep. you know, men died. Yes, he rescued uh, some men afterwards, got them to an island, you know, and they were eventually saved. And, and for that, full credit. But uh, naval experts at the time <clears throat> wanted to run him out. And apparently his dad, Joe, uh, who had a rough relationship with President Roosevelt because Joe was an America firster. Yeah. You know, he was part of that movement with Lindbergh, mm-hmm. you know, and didn't want to enter the war, thought that we should stay out of the European war. And, of course, FDR wanted in it. Yeah. So they had a big disagreement. He was ambassador to England, uh, Joe Sr. Old Joe Sr. Right. So anyway, sorry. No, sorry. that's uh, that, that's good. That's neat. Anybody who wants some neat history? Go check that stuff out. The old uh, Joe Kennedy. Yeah. I mean, he was a bootlegger. Oh yeah, he built this dynasty. Right. You know, it it really is on uh, drugs. On all on uh, alcohol <laughs> and drugs. I mean, just and uh, and Hollywood. Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just fascinating history. And then he had so much. How does that guy have any? Like, how does he become an ambassador to? It's like it's just crazy. It's, it is crazy. It's crazy right. stuff. But yeah. anyway, we were talking about Stalin's son, so maybe you're right. I don't know, Matthew. Yeah, I don't know, Matthew. It, what you know? Research that, man. Mm-hmm. You know, you're in high school and you're smarter than everybody else here. That's for sure on on a lot of other things. So you could be right. But as I recall, Stalin's son died during captivity. Could be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, I don't remember where we were going with any of that. But uh, signs. <laughs> we start back to signs. Back, <laughs> back to, to Tesla. Signs. Back to Tesla. Uh, well, let's, let's let's at least recap a little bit of the blitz. So, what did I wrote down here? We have uh, the COVID nineteen question. Oh yeah. I mean, the landlord tenant stuff. Yeah, we can talk about that. But I'm I'm more yeah. curious about the COVID nineteen right. stuff. Um, what do you think about that, Norm? Like the vaccine and the vaccine litigation. Yeah. So, um, I was disturbed by the whole idea of medical information 
um, which I consider to be between the patient and the doctor. Yep. Um, for example, uh, uh, it's one of the sacrosanct relationships like client, lawyer, uh, minister, you know, uh, parishioner, you know, it's one of those, uh, man, wife, Mm -hmm. you know, those kinds of protected relationships that the content of which is not supposed to be, um, compelled to be divulged. It's supposed to be protected in some way. And, uh, we erected this protection, I believe under one of the Bushes or perhaps president Obama called HIPAA. Correct. Yeah. Okay. Which was supposed to seal, um, your medical records, uh, from scrutiny by anybody who's unauthorized. And, and we all took that to mean privacy. So I did a little research and it turns out that when COVID broke and Congress, uh, and I hate to say president Trump went into full panic mode under, uh, some really bad advice by Fauci and, and other people, they accepted from HIPAA, uh, information relating to COVID. Yeah. And, and, and it's very disappointing to me as a citizen that they did that. I'm not sure. I'm not sure that that was done. Well, I know it wasn't proper, but I'm not even sure it was done legally. No, oh, I, I, I don't think it was. And I think, you know, whenever, so, the, so, so Steve, just, just to wrap up, yeah. to just give me 10 seconds. So the young lady that called in on the blitz, um, in my view, that entire conversation about whether she's been vaccinated or has not been vaccinated is nobody else's damn business. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you. And it, it, it strikes even broader too, I think. And this is, um, this is a realm and maybe, maybe it's just a legal degree that gives me the ability to think like this. But once you start, uh, if an employer can start doing those kind of things and the government is going to back it. Now, what I mean by that is if, she goes and files a lawsuit and, and, uh, somehow, uh, it's mandated by the government that she has to comply and, right. and they've intervened in that. Then you're right. They're immediately making her disclose right. whether she has engaged in some sort of medical or received a medical procedure. Right. And, and how is that not protected? How's that not private? Right. And they're going to say, well, it's because it affects everybody in the population. Therefore we have to do it. And this is where I immediately, my head immediately explodes. My, Sure. And I'll be honest, I'll disclose something about my physician patient relationship. Yeah. I went to get, uh, I think, a normal checkup and you know, my doc, who I really like and been going to him for a while, he just said, hey, you got the vaccine yet? I said, no, no. Mm-hmm. Oh, you got any questions about it? I said, no, mm-hmm. no question. Yeah. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's available. I said, yeah, yeah, I, I know. Yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, uh, if you want any information about it, I said, no, no, I'm good. I, I just, I'm not going to get it. Uh, well, you know, I hate to hear that, you know, it only works if everybody gets it. And I looked at him and I said, that is the worst thing you possibly could have said to me is that I have to get a vaccine because somehow it helps everybody else. And, you know, call me selfish, call me whatever. And it's not even that I don't care about everybody else. It's that I don't trust anything that has ever said like that because nothing else has ever been true like that. Nothing. You know, it's like, it's a complete it's a whitewashing of the individual impact it might have on whoever is getting the shot. You know, to say your individuality doesn't matter. You have to take this risk and the, and even maybe even a sacrifice of some adverse condition or side effect uh, that you don't know about because somehow that could help everybody else. 
And I find that abhorrent. And back to the HIPAA thing with privacy where it's no nobody's business. There was a uh, school prom where uh, they made them show like their form of vaccination. And if they didn't weren't vaccinated, they literally branded their hand like they were Sharpie. They wrote a you want it. And then during the dance, they had everyone who wasn't vaccinated have to hold up their hands and show everyone that they weren't vaccinated. Yeah. Wow. It's, Sounds like Hester Prynne. Well, well, that's horrible. Yeah. I mean, that, that's that's horrible. That's horrible. Yeah, that's right, right. You know, for a society where um, we have all of this social pressure uh, on every other kind of issue against shaming, right? Shaming people, right? You're going to shame people over a medical decision that they've made in consultation with their doctor or with their parents, or with um, their own research, you're going to shame them for taking care of their own health in the way that they choose to, is so un-American and so um, anti-human. So it's so um, crushing, especially to do to young people that maybe don't have um, the standing to, to tell an administrator at the school what they think of that and to express themselves without getting in further trouble, you know, for, oh, well, now we're going to expel you from school because you're talking back to the teacher or to uh, an administrator. Yeah. So you're, you're in a, a power deficit. You're a student and you've been shamed by the system. Um, my biggest problem with the COVID thing is that, uh, the talk about passports, which your hand stamp is, is you know, a brand of some kind. Yeah, it's so like now we're talking brand. about a passport. And I think back uh, during the occupation of uh, Europe under the Nazis, they had a document called an Ausweis. And what that was was your identification papers. Did you have the right to be on the train or in this town or in this factory or in this grocery store, you know, who are you? What is your business in this location? And do you have all the right stamps in your little book to be on this street at this time, et cetera? And you're not talking, just so we're clear, you're not talking about um, like a foreigner in the country. You're talking about citizens of that country having to explain why they're at a grocery store, why they're on a train, why they happen to be knocking on this factory door to do business. And, right. and that's, that's something we have never had to do in our country. And I Correct. think there might've been some history of vaccine passports back in the old Spanish flu in 1918 ish, but um, you know, obviously it didn't take hold. And, no. and we, I think people take this incremental, uh, these incremental, um, what was the word I'm looking for? These incremental impacts on our freedom for granted, you know? So incrementally, it's like now we're all of a sudden have lots of people agreeing that, everybody should have a vaccine. So a vaccine passport makes sense. Well, if, I mean, the logic here, the logic behind the passport, right. That we're protecting society. Well, let's go down that path a little bit. No, yeah, let's do it. I mean, let's, let's explore, let's look, let's, let's explore where that path leads to. So, um, my passport says, uh, I have, or I have not been vaccinated. Well, why not a passport that says I have or have not um, a genetic uh, disposition to sickle cell anemia or to um, Down syndrome uh, or to some other uh, congenital 
thing that I can pass on if I have children or um, some other uh, propensity for a communicable uh, disease. Like perhaps I have a a low white blood cell count, so I'm particularly vulnerable to uh, something. So then now I can't travel on a, on a, on an airplane or, or whatever. It, it just, it, you could see that same passport being expanded and used for other things by well-intentioned people who think that they need to protect us all. And what it really becomes is it becomes a, um, it becomes an infringement on your constitutional rights and more than that, on the rights that we had before we had a constitution, on your very human rights. And, and it's it's you know something's like a bad decision when when you use that decision. Like say we have a COVID vaccine passport, whether you have it or not, sure. and then you add that to other medical records. Say sure. like, uh, do you want on your pa- everyone who has an STD's passport to say I have an STD on their passport? Sure. And then you say that it's like no that, and then you add all this stuff. It's like no, no, that's infringing on their privacy. Exactly. Well, so is the COVID vaccine thing. Right. Well, yeah. you've got, uh, what's interesting is that Normie just triggered something. I thought, there, there's an old movement, and I know we've talked about this at the show before, but there, there's an old movement called eugenics. And it, good old Margaret Sanger was part of that. Even FDR and his crew were part of that. And uh, interestingly, the Nazis studied what we were doing in the United States. And there's correspondence from some of these Nazi henchmen uh, as they figured out their final solution. Well, that's uh, with, what Doctor Mengele—that's what Doctor Mengele, the war criminal. Uh, w- w- that's what he was doing with twins. Yes, yeah. as as the Jewish twins or the um, the Gypsy twins or or other uh, you know illegal groups that they segregated out of society and brought into Auschwitz and places like that. He was taking those twins and doing one kind of experiment, some horrible procedure on one. And using the other as a control, yeah, to see what would happen. And, you know, and, and like I think, guinea pigs. and I think it's important to note. I don't think you are saying, nor am I, uh, and nor am I excluding it. But I, I'm not saying that what they're what what people are trying to do here, what the intent of the vaccines is that. But it leads to that. So sure. once you open up the public door to your own health of for the course. benefit of everybody else then why would you let me out in society if I have a propensity to get the flu or if I have a propensity to get an STD or if I have a propensity to pass along things more than somebody else? Like, where does it end for the protection of everybody else? Or I already have a condition. Yes. I already have a sickle cell anemia. So so, uh, I don't, thank God. But what if I did? And they would say, um, well, that needs to be on your passport. So that when you uh, go out on a date or when you uh, uh, you and your wife decide to have children, that the other person, uh, that society can, can be protected, you know, because we're not going to perhaps let you uh, um, reproduce. You know, yeah. I mean, there are there are uh, Down syndrome couples that are married. Yes. Should they be barred from having children? And this, uh, well, it's interesting because they were sterilizing such folks, Matthew. There's a U.S. Supreme Court case called Buck versus Bell, Buck v. Bell. And uh, they declared one generation of imbeciles is enough. And this is a, a rubber stamp back in those days of the eugenics movement. They were sterilizing folks who had those kind of uh, conditions so they wouldn't reproduce. And the idea was essentially to create 
a better human race. You know, well, and, Hitler called that a master race. A master yeah. race, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that, that, that that's That seems to be where, you know, I mean, I'm in our, in our, the, in this daffy liberal pursuit of utopia uh, on every kind of basis that, you know, like if the, the same thought process that, well, if we, if we rid the world of guns, nobody's ever going to kill each other anymore. If we rid the world of cars, there won't be any more pollution. If we rid the world of cows, there won't be any more uh, CO. Uh, you, you know, I mean, they, they keep going down these roads where you just eliminate things and then problems go away. That's the mentality. And of course, we all know the problems won't go away. There sure. won't be, there was violence before guns. And there'll be violence if there's no guns. Yeah. I mean, you look at England and now in America, the gang uh, violence is stereotyped as people of guns, you know, sure. driving around. With well, in Australia, gun violence went up then, after uh, the ban. Yeah. And then incredible. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. Uh, and, and there's then, mass stabbings yeah. on subways in and Japan in, and China. And in England, you got the stereotype for gangs as people shanking you. Sure. So and well, that's using a knife. And, yeah. And then yeah. there's also these ideas that... um you're getting robbed and then you're like, Oh no, you're robbing me with an illegal gun. You can't do that. Sure. It's ridiculous. Well, I think what you're saying is when you can make a gun with a, I'm sorry, with a yeah. 3d printer at home. Yeah. So I mean, not the, gen- get rid of them. the genie's out of the bottle. You Wait, can't legislate out of yeah. existence. Guns. Math- Matthew here is a bright kid. He could go down to micro center this afternoon and buy 3d printer. Only if he steals my I, wallet. I forget the company they were going with. Uh, they shut one down in, in, on the 3D printing gun, where they're like, we have to stop this now because yeah. everybody's going to have a gun. And right. they get this one company because you would buy and get the uh, the codes to put into your printer sure. to print the gun. Yeah. And uh, as they were sitting there fighting and, and he was like this, he's like, well, it's not just me. Like, what do you mean? <gasps> right. He right. was like, they, they pay, they're they like, there's more? And he just literally did this. Yeah. And it was like, ding, 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 ding. He was right. like, so. All over think, the world. You think you're going to stop my company? Yeah, right. And it's over. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and to is, stop are you in, are you in, are you insane? Are you insane? And in and here's what's here's what sort of uh, is looming <clears throat> above all of this. It's like we're just going to get rid of guns. We're going to get rid of knives. We're going to get rid of 3D printers. We're going to get rid of people printing guns with 3D. We're going to get rid of people that haven't been vaxxed. To yeah, get back to the passport. That's but right. It's always somebody or some entity has to do the getting rid of. Exactly. You know, it's not like everybody's just going to agree. Oh. That sounds like a great idea, Jared. I'm just going to give back my 3D printer and all the designs I have for guns. No, that has to be enforced, ironically, at the barrel of a gun. So the government has the power then. We've given the government to have the power using their guns to force Jared not to go print guns. That's the irony of that. So, Well, and the government, uh, so I live in Licking County. The county of Licking uh, Licking County um, uh, was... Um, was uh, shut down. The, the The government computer system was shut down, and they were one of the uh, many governments that we just saw with the uh, the oil pipeline on the eastern states. You know where uh, there is, uh, you know, they want you to pay a ransom to get your. Oh yeah, the ransomware stuff. Yeah, 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 to, yeah, yeah. to get your MIS system back. So uh, Licking County uh, for a while there couldn't mail out uh, real estate tax bills. They had to shut down the courts. Uh, they, they were, they were essentially out of business in Licking County for a couple of months. 
uh, because they didn't pay the ransom. They didn't have the money to pay it, didn't want to pay it. I'm glad they didn't pay it. Yeah, you can't pay that. But the government can't even run its own computer system, and yet they want to somehow uh, go out into the private sector yeah. And and they think they're going to control the flow of information. You can actually go online and get all the information on how to build an atomic bomb. Yeah. It's, it's 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 on there. And, and, and they're you, worried about a guy making a pistol that shoots a single twenty-two long rifle. Printed on a printer, right. They're worried about that, but you can get all the information to build an atomic weapon. Yeah, it's, it's okay. totally absurd. Pass the bong. And, and the, and that's problem, what I gotta say. It's like the bond. Everybody wants. <laughs> I think. W- 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 here's the problem. When when I when I argue or debate or or challenge people on this stuff, it gets so blurred because what what they tend to do is take my challenge to it and turn it into a challenge to their premise. So if you would say to me, would, wouldn't it be great to get rid of every bit of gun violence that exists on the planet. I would say, yeah, that would be a good thing. I got no problem with that. Right. Um, And, but, but that's not how it's asked. There's like, we want to get rid of all the guns because that's going to get rid of the gun violence. I was like, I disagree. Of course. Well, then you're in favor of these gun violence. You're an awful person. Exactly. It's like, no, no, no. I don't accept your premise. Your premise is that we can do that. Right. And we can't do that. It's an illegal, uh, it's an, it's, it's an illogical leap of, yeah. uh, of, of it, 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 where they're going is a, is a ridiculous uh, yeah. argument. They it, bake the premise sure. into right. their conclusion. Of course. And then if you don't agree, then you're a bad person. Well, it's, it's like the military. So, right. If, if we, if we, um, if we honor our military on Memorial day, you know, which we just did, right. Mm-hmm. Then you're pro war. <laughs> right. It's I absurd. Mean, I mean, you know, it's honest, honest to God, what are you, what are you people talking about? You, are you telling me that honoring those boys, those men and women that gave up their lives in places like Vietnam or Korea, or Europe, for or the even Pacific, a bad cause, are you, for uh, well, even a bad cause, they were asked by their country and they showed up or, or ordered yeah. in some cases drafted by their country and they did their duty. Yep. And, and, and so honoring those people, which is what we're not honoring the war. You're honoring, we're honoring individual, the men and women, but we're not looking at individuals anymore. Oh no. And the only, the only time people look at individuals right now is to find something, some individual did that is against their philosophy. That's bad. <laughs> so we can look at an individual for something you did that's bad, but nothing that you did was uh, not individually good or unique to you. So that's the, that's the problem. And that is. And generally speaking, when people take those positions, they're going back to that collective. It's like, look, it's for the good of the whole. It's right. like, so we know. So all this other stuff doesn't matter. Uh, and that's that. So and you don't agree with my premise, then you're a bad person. And and by the way, I should say, I've had that conversation with gun advocates, like staunch gun advocates. And I am a gun advocate. I believe in firearms. But I also can, I, I think it's important for everybody to use our God-given gift of logic. So I've actually said to gun advocates, I was like, look, in theory, if you got rid of every gun, you would get rid of every bit of gun violence. Now, I'm not saying that's possible, but in theory, like logically speaking, if you if you go to this realm of academic exploration, you get rid of gun violence. But if you're well, no, 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 no. take away gun violence, you're you're, just you've went to a violence. place that I didn't go yet. So we can start with this idea that if you get rid of guns, there won't be gun violence. That just that is a syllogism that makes sense. Yes, it does. If you get rid of all cars, you get rid of all car accidents. Correct. Okay. Sure. But it is impossible, though, to get rid of all cars. <laughs> and it is impossible to get rid of all guns. You cannot do it. 
And then the other thing I see all the time for that politicians or even people that are advocating for politicians, if they just write it down as a law that you can't do it, it'll stop. Like somehow that makes it better. Correct. You're not allowed to kill people, but now you're not allowed to kill people for specific reasons. It's like, listen, you know, you can say that all you want. So you can say we're going to make this a hate crime. So it's really, really bad crime. Right. Well, it's murder. Right now right. it's like murder, but it's really, really bad murder. Right. It doesn't change anything. It just, it, it's all about It doesn't about change what it looks the like. fact that the victim is dead. Victim's dead. Whether the, whether the perp announced ahead of time, Hey, Norm, I'm killing you because you're half Lebanese, a quarter Irish and a bunch of other Heinz 57. And so to me, you appear to be what I call white. You know, like President Obama, you're a white guy like President Obama's white because, you know, his mother was white. So I'm going to kill you because you're white, Norm. Um, bang, bang, you're dead versus a guy who just comes up to me and kills me. Yeah. I, well, gosh, while I'm floating around on my uh, uh, cloud beer up in heaven with a God and my my parents looking down on earth at this ridiculous piece of logic – I could give a rat. Yeah, I'm it dead. doesn't matter. You're dead, right? Either I way, mean, I mean, what's what's what your your motive to me might matter. I don't know. Uh, as a matter of uh, for criminologists to try to figure out what people's motives are, but from a sentencing point of view, I'd like to see you get the chair. Either way, man. And from a crime prevention point of view, it's going to change nothing. It's not going to deter no. any racist no. ass no. from killing somebody based on their race. They're going no. to do it whether it's a crime or not. Of course. And it, it's it, and, and whether they make that clear so that they get an upcharge as a hate crime or whether they don't say anything and don't put anything on Facebook or don't don't write any contemporaneous notes to otherwise disclose that they hate this person. Yeah, what's, what's the difference? What's the difference? It makes no difference. It makes it's, it's, it's just as crazy as saying that you get an accelerator uh, in a sentence if you attack a police officer versus whether you attack my grandmother. Yeah, I don't understand those accelerators either. Yeah. My grandmother and and a police officer to me are both equally important. Yeah, and it, you're you're exactly right. This works both ways. It works. It's both like. Ways. All right. Who here at the table didn't know that you're not allowed to assault a police officer uh, or anybody else here without re like who doesn't know that? So we're right. going to make it a law and then that's going to make it really, really, really known. And it's going to stop somehow people right. from assaulting cops. No, it's not. Right. It's not at all. And right. it, it's the same with somebody of a different race. It's the same. Now, here's what's interesting, though. If I have this discussion with lots and lots of people, maybe half the people out there, I am deemed a cop hater oh, or you're, you're a racist a, sure. or whatever. Yeah, Anti-LGTPQ right. or whatever. And do I think people should be going around killing gay people because they're gay? No, but it's yeah. murder either way. It's murder and either you don't way. need to make it a separate, you killed a gay person crime or you did it out of hate. Right. I don't know of any murder that wasn't out of some degree of hate, depending on how you define it. Um, or random, or ra well, you know, yeah. a drive-by shooting. Yeah. You know, what, you know, just, just, well, Hey, often, there's a house. Let me empty my machine gun. Into often, it. Sure. Yeah. Often though, drive-by shootings aren't just random. No, but I mean, they yeah. can, no, well, well, they can be a, like a stray of, bullet. Well, MS 13, they can be a rite of passage kind of thing. Like getting into a fraternity instead, instead of spanking somebody, you know, you go kill a random family yeah. and then that way you're blooded, yeah. you know, that, that kind of insanity that, that happens. And, and, and to, to me, it, it, 
it, it doesn't matter a whit to me what your motivation was for intentionally killing somebody. It makes no difference. And it doesn't stop race-based crimes no. to call it a crime. No. It doesn't stop it. No. So, it, and it's, it's all about, you know, Thomas Sowell said this in, in one of his books. Like, all these things are judged not based on their outcome, right. but based on their intent. And um, right. if you if you start with that premise and say, well, look, my intent is to create a fair election. My intent is to create equality. My intent is to create whatever. It's yeah. like utopia. Right, utopia. Oh, that's a good. That's a good intent. Right. But in order to do that, I'm going to give the government all the power and I'm going to give my my version of the authoritarian all the power to enforce what I think it ought to be because my intent's good. Old statement. Uh, was it Ben Franklin? I mean, old, old, old statement. I mean, you maybe Aesop. I mean, you've got to go back a long way. The, the the path to hell is paved with good intentions. Yes, exactly. You're you're exa- and that's yeah. the problem. And if you call out the uh, the possible adverse impact of this of anything in the face of a political good intention, then you, they, they cry racism or they cry whatever. You're it's right. it's because of it's because of something else. weren't and, the weren't the old time liberals guys just they were way cooler. Like, oh, yeah, like, yeah. like the liberals from oh, the yeah. 60s, you know, they were into like, well, yeah, we want to be able to have guns. Uh, we want to be able to smoke our smoke. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to be able to uh, march down the street and protest uh, that there's not sufficient uh, civil rights for women mm-hmm. or uh, we ought to get out of Vietnam or uh, we're against the draft, uh, you know. And and I think many conservatives who disagreed with their particular stances totally were on board with their right to do it, to to protest and to uh, petition their government and to be part of the process and to enjoy the full panoply of their civil rights. Yes. Where, where have those liberals gone? Yeah, they're gone. Unbelievable. You're one of them. I'm one of them. Yeah. yeah it's like, that's it. You know, it's like they have become us. Yeah. Where, yeah, do you see this in the news? Roger Waters, uh, Matthew, you don't know Roger Waters, but you know Pink Floyd. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Facebook, uh, Zuckerberg reached out to him and wanted to use, um, I think, uh, another brick in the wall, too. If you've listened to the wall, it's a, sure. like he wanted to use one of those uh, songs as uh, promoting Facebook. And Waters comes out strong, says, no effing way, not a chance. We have very little power. And to the extent I have a little power over this, I'm using it. I'm pushing back against these people who would just as soon take away any freedom I have to express myself. I'm not going to contribute to that at all. He's an old school liberal. He's the guy you're talking about. He's the guy in the 60s who hated the government and didn't trust the government to do anything. Yeah. And now what I think he may understand, and I don't want to speak for Roger Waters because a lot of stuff he has said I've heard I disagree with, but it, it's also like he understands that what that is is fascism. That is a – like if he – like Facebook is becoming an arm of a political party sure. and that becomes fascism. And and Roger Waters knows that. I mean he's, he's like in his lifetime, he has uh, at least felt the ripples of that, the, the echoes of that. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think he was a post-war guy and probably was – you know, his parents probably suffered the blitz and everything else. Like, like he's felt the ripples of this and right. where it goes. And he's like, not on my watch. You're not selling my stuff. Right. Well, take a local, uh, take a local example. Um, so uh, a guy that married a, a gal here from uh, Columbus, uh, Eric Clapton. Yep. Okay. Um, as part of a, a, a movement, uh, he became very controversial for this last year in England 
when um, he proposed, along with other artists, that this um, this ban on open air events, uh, as you know, a lot of musicians really suffered mm-hmm. uh, by not being able to engage in their business of putting on concerts. Yep, and um, you know it, it, they put out some songs. Uh, I think free, uh, even, um, using, um, Spotify, I guess, and other means to get it out there. Napster's gone, I guess. And, uh, you know, um, we're, we're putting out, uh, basically protest songs about the shutdown and, you know, there again, you know, he's a classic liberal, you know, he, he gets it. He gets the idea that we should have civil rights, even if I disagree with his point of view on other issues, you know, uh, those, those old classic liberals are the kinds of men and women that they're missing in a lot of our other debates about all kinds of other subjects. It seems like it had to affect Eric Clapton or Roger Waters in some way via their music for them to sort of get where we are on a, a whole range of other issues. Right. Yeah. They're starting to see, wait a minute. Yeah, it has all slipping away. Well, it had to get to them, yeah. you know, and that, that, that's like a NIMBY thing. You know, it's like, oh, well, wait a minute. I was in favor of you distributing people, uh, you know, who are poor in section eight housing. I was in favor of you putting them all over the County and not concentrating them in a hood until you put it in my backyard in Gahanna or Westerville, right. you know, or Dublin. Yeah, no. Wait a minute. That's not the kind of liberalism I was. <clears throat> well, hey guys, it's yeah. It, you can't choose causes and then give the government the power to enforce your cause without acknowledging, at a minimum, sure. that they're going to use the same power to enforce a cause you don't like. Sure, like S- Senator Edward Kennedy. Uh, you know, well, wait a minute. I I I want wind energy. You know. But don't put those big turbines out there off of Martha's Vineyard, for God's sake. Yeah, that's ugly. I mean, that's where I have my home, and that's where I sail, and that's the family Mm -hmm. compound. Well, hey, Ted, dude, but you want it everywhere. You know, what, some lady looking out her uh, window in Nebraska isn't entitled? to a, a beautiful view of the plains that's right yeah no they don't no, care about that's that not person. martha's vineyard this is uh i just downloaded and uh, matthew you don't know this but you're about to listen to this with me there's a there's an old thinker named john Stuart mill and he wrote a book i believe on liberty it's called on liberty or it's a series of essays maybe uh and we're going to listen to that the audio book of that and you know he's a he's a guy that studied john locke and the rest of these libertarian type thinkers who would say you know, what we're going to propose is a, a, a limited government that protects everybody, depend, irrespective of what your cause is, but is limited enough where it can't pick and choose what causes it's going to, uh, uh, it's going to enforce. Because they, the idea of the government has to be, you're free to do what you do until you start hurting me. And I'm free to do what I do until I start hurting you. And that's where the government has to take, take hold. And I think some of these old school guys are sort of saying or watching this happen, like, wait a minute, they don't have the right to do what we did in the sixties. We can't protest this just because we don't agree with that cause like, or Roger Waters and, and Clapton and these guys, the government shut us down. Now I can't earn a living or hold on a second. That's not, that's not so good. And, And I don't want to put this on all those guys, but you know, maybe you're right. Maybe, maybe this is what it takes to wake everybody up to the fact that 
just because you think your cause is right doesn't mean that you have to cram it down everybody's throat using the arm of the government at the end of a gun to do it. And right. otherwise you end up with, uh, well, the next step is they use it against you. So, right. Anyway, we were kind of started this with the COVID call as well. Yeah. And, and one thing just to kind of wrap back into that, we've talked about private sectors and you know, the school is private yet the way you said it, she'd already laid down a path. You know, I mean, has already financially invested, time invested, everything into it to where, you know, I mean, where, you know. She said she was now an LPN. Yes. She's so already she's, an she's, LPN. Yes. Getting her RN now. And that's what she needs and that's what she wants. And that's what she needs to provide for her family and everything else that yeah. she has going on, which she will be able to. And, and the problem is if, you know, it's such an interesting dynamic because you got the business or you've got the private employer, so mm-hmm. to speak saying, you're not going to work for me unless you're vaccinated. Now, as far as I can tell, I should be able to do that as a private employer. But you start to question then, in order to find that out, you have to disclose to me whether you're vaccinated. And that's where, Norm, you brought up the point, like you you have HIPAA, you have some privilege, you have privacy there. So if you create a system where you're using the government to force my employees to disclose whether they have been vaccinated and by say using the government, using the court system, having the, having the court or government back you on that, um, I think that goes too far. So like, what if I, I mean, think of some other scenario, like what if, well, let's take the, let's take gender. Norm, do you have a penis? Because sure. if you don't have a penis, you yeah. can't work for me. Yeah. Even if you identify as a man, I don't want, and, you know, it's like, what if I started doing that as an employer? Of course. It's like, am I going to make you drop trial and, and share your medical records sure. with me on whether you've had a sex change? Well, a whole range of medical issues, people with epilepsy, yeah. epilepsy, you know, all, all kinds of things. So what you're going to tell them, uh, a guy that's uh, maybe epileptic and, and is taking medication that he can't be a short order cook yeah. or, or I mean, he can't do anything because if he, he might burn somebody, I mean, so, so what, he's totally unemployable? I mean, he can't do anything. Can't be an Uber driver. Sure. Can't, can't do anything, right? Or, because at any moment, he might slip into an epileptic fit. I mean- uh, And the problem is, it, it, we're not even at the premise yet, yeah. that somehow the vaccine does something good for your position as that, like, what do they care? It, th- look, this happened to me yesterday. I went to a meeting with some high-fluting <clears throat> lawyers, big law firm. I'm sorry. I know. Um, went over there and had a meeting and the clients were in the big conference room and they had, you know, it was a fancy place and we all go to sit down and the guy conducting the meeting says, is everybody here? I'm, you know, I'm vaccinated. Nobody's wearing masks and I wouldn't have anyway, but it, 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 are we all vaccinated? I'm vaccinated. Everybody vaccinated. And they said, I am, I am, I am. Mm. And I looked and I said, I'm not vaccinated. I would have said, I'm not saying whether I am or I'm not. I consider that my personal medical information. I kicked that response around, but I wanted to make the next point I made, which was, but why would that matter then if all you guys are vaccinated? Right. And they just looked at me sort of strange. Right. Sure. And they shrugged it off and the meeting went on. Yeah. But I kicked that around. Like, what would I have done? I already had a plan. Yeah. Like, what what would I have done? If whoever's was in charge of that, whatever office it were, uh, said, "All right, well then you need to put a mask on." Well, you know exactly what he was doing, Steve. That that's virtue. It's a virtue. Right. That's all that yeah. is. That's all. Hey, man, 
like I'm with Joe and Kamala, man, and, and Dr. Fauci. I get it. I get I'm it. I'm a good guy. Hey, we're all in. It's patriotism. Yeah. Right? You and, know, and, right. And I don't, to me, it, it is, it is a complete abandonment of logic because if right. I look at Jared, you tell me you're vaccinated. What you're really saying is forget the virtue for a second, but just logically speaking, if I have a vaccine and it is what it is touted to be, you're perfectly safe. Yeah. It should make zero difference whether I have you a shot that. or don't have a shot. No. It, I, I've not, not understood this. And well, that's I, because it makes no sense. It makes no sense, <laughs> but it's supposed to. I was at a hotel recently out in Denver and they had this picture, happy family next to another happy family, happy family, a no masks on vaccinated underneath happy family B. And these are like caricature type pictures, happy family B not vaccinated. They all had masks on. And I looked at this and I'm just thinking to myself, what on earth, like what, like what planet am I living on? This is like black is white and white is black. It didn't make any sense to me. I'm like, if you're vaccinated, then you're protected. And if you're not protected, then why get vaccinated? Now, if I'm not vaccinated and you are and you're protected, why do you care if I'm back? It's like, none of this makes any sense to me. Well, no. And, and, you know, I mean, what this is going to lead to is mandates for the next flu vaccine. Of course. You know, I mean, and, and then it's going to lead to a mandate for, you know, this, that and the other thing. And it, and pretty soon we all have a credential, um, you know, we'll know ahead of time, uh, you know, if somebody has has had their tubes tied or a hysterectomy sure. or has had uh, breast implants or or whatever it is. And, uh, you know, OK, um <laughs> You know, maybe you want truth and labeling, you know, if if that's the person that you intend to maybe get engaged to or get married to or something. Um, but at the same time, it's somebody else's personal medical information. I just can't get over the fact that if that can be disgorged forcibly and you have to carry it around and show it, you know, to the Obersturmbannführer, you have to show your Ausweis, yeah. you know, to the Obersturmverführer, then then uh, we're going down the Nazi path, and it's the liberals leading us there. Yeah, that's it. of course Hitler was a liberal, and uh, you know we can we can we can talk all about his socialism and and his policies, but the the point is that the the banning mm-hmm. culture, the idea that that there is a simple um, knee jerk fix. For every problem in society, it, it, it belies the sophistication and, and the diversity of the society we actually do live in, yeah. that there are different solutions for different people. And the same people that would wave their finger in your face and say, you all have to do this and you all have to do that, when it comes time for their running of their own lives and their own personal choices, well, you know, uh, the Obama daughters went to that beautiful little Quaker school in Washington, D.C. They didn't go to the public school like all the other children in Washington, D.C. They went to special school. And that's what the liberals want. They want special. They want a special access to the national park system when the rest of us can't go to Yosemite. They, they have special ways because they belong to the Sierra Club or Greenpeace. Yep. There's always a carve out for the elites and the rest of us, right? 
uh, are supposed to live in our rabbit warrens downtown and not supposed to be out in suburbs or out in farmland doing what we want to do. Yep, that's exactly right. That's where we're going with zoning. That's where we're going with all kinds of these anti-transportation policies. Uh, you know, Joe kills the pipeline, uh, betrays our ally of the nation of Canada, betrays the Indian reservations that we're going to get paid buku for those pipelines going through there, betrays the union workers who had just voted for him yep. and yet gives Putin his deal. Yeah. Right. Yep. And, so, and it's gorgeous. Just, just beautiful. But Trump, right? Trump was the colluder. Trump was Putin's puppet. It, it's so, we'll see how that goes this week. Yeah, no, that's not yeah, going to go well. No, it, no. It's just so. It's so. I don't even understand it. I don't understand why people can't. You can't even have this discussion with people, and and just ask simple questions because they just get so tongue tied about it. Sure. They, they, did they, you see John Stewart on with Colbert? I did see that. Did you yeah. see that? Was that not unbelievable? About uh, golly jeepers. Is it that big of a stretch that the Wuhan, you know, coronavirus laboratory located in the city of Wuhan just might? I don't know. I mean, gosh, who could ever possibly think this? You must be a Trumpster to think that maybe the Wuhan coronavirus came from the Wuhan coronavirus laboratory. Yeah, I don't know. Of of all the places on planet Earth, no, it couldn't have come from. It can't. Colbert looked like he stuck him. Yeah. Colbert was like, "You just did this to me because you know where he's at." Oh which, my god! Which I was always, I was, I was a fan of him until yeah. Trump tell elected. Me, tell well, me, he lost tell me the dynamic. Mind. I didn't, I didn't hear this he or watch it. Mind. Well, he just comes out and and then he's like, "Where's the proof, John?" Where's the proof? Well, you know, John Stewart's, of yeah, course, a yeah. big, big lip. Yes. And yeah. so is Colbert. And so is Colbert. So they're there together, and he's just the, I mean, I, only, I didn't see the whole thing, but I saw the clip. Yeah. And uh, it, 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 he just is like, you, you know, he just goes through it, and he's like, and then he, he tells some jokes about yeah. the card. I mean, but he goes through it. He's like this. He's like, the writing's right there. Like, where's your proof? He's like, where's my proof? I think that's where he goes into the well, whole thing. Well, what do you think? A, a bat had sex with a turkey? Oh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. And, and then yeah, and, yeah, at, at a wet that. market, and it just happened to be in Wuhan, you know, yeah. at that particular market. <clears throat> yeah. When there's 4 million other wet markets throughout China, Thailand, Indonesia, Japan, Korea, they're all over the place. There's a few in America. And then there's bats in places he mentioned Austin, Texas famously has those bat caves. And it's like, well, the coronavirus didn't come from any of those other places, did it? Yeah. It came but it from came this from this little obscure town that nobody had ever heard of before until this. And crisis. now didn't somebody come up with world legit, like some proposed world legislation. Like you can't call it the, uh, what's the latest, uh, the India strain, or you can't call it an in, the India strain. You can't call it the, uh, the Chinese strain. You can't call it whatever, because all that would be xenophobic or racist or something else, right. as opposed to just descriptive words to tell you what it is. And, and Matthew and I actually had an argument about, it. I'm not going to go into details about it, but it, we, we had a discussion rather. Sure. Once you start taking vocabulary and dividing it, splitting it, blurring what it means, you lose the ability to communicate rationally and logically with people. Right. So it is like language is the, the it, maybe it's the manifestation of thought. And if you're going to change language, if you're going to, if you're going to obscure language, then really what you're doing is by backwardly obscuring thought. 
So I can't, like, it's not acceptable to call this a microphone or if it's not acceptable to call that a chair and I'm going to start calling it something else, then you and I are on different planes. This is uh, Plato's uh, uh, gregarious or whatever it would be. It's like, we're not on the same logical definitional plane and we can't therefore communicate. We can't solve problems. We can't solve problems. And that is, that is what the radical movement, uh, that is what the, um, that is what AOC, that's what Soros, that's what these folks that want to transform our society, which was built on logic and human rights, they want to destroy that. And so they are changing the words so that we can't even solve problems. We can't even come to an understanding as human beings about what we're even talking about. Let's turn that mic towards you. There we go. We we don't know any longer... We don't, we don't, we don't know any longer, you know, who are boys, who are girls. Uh, We we don't know basic things anymore because people want to be hip and cool and follow the latest trends and, and do what the Hollywood elites tell them they have to do. But where's the river taking them? And this is not to disagree with somebody feels like they're a girl, if they're a boy or vice versa. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. But when we have to start changing language to accommodate things and that change in language becomes, by its very, by its very nature, non-defined. Well, one of the Republican we can't talk. You're right, but one one of the Republican candidates for governor of California, um, uh, the former Bruce Jenner. Yeah. Okay. Doesn't deny. Uh, he, he, you know, he's he's transitioned. Yes. But does not deny that he is physically. A sure. man. And what's wrong with that? One I way mean, or another. What's so, wrong I mean, with that? He, 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 he or she, however you would like to approach uh, that, um, is, uh, you know, and I'm not hung up on the pronouns, but he uh, is not, uh, he's not in denial of reality. That's what I really like about him and, and the way he has come out and explained the process and the, and the struggles and the anguish that he's been through. Sure. Um, and, and so... Um, I sort of admire his openness and his candor. It's the other folks that want to deny the basic reality of who they are and what they are. It's you, you can't deny but that you of, were born a girl or born a boy or born in that very, very small population in some way uh, undecided. But it's not usually those people that are screaming for mandates that's exactly right it's usually others they're being used they're being used those those folks are being used and more and more of of what we traditionally call minorities whether that's uh gender racial religious ethnic you know however you want to approach it uh more and more of the folks involved in the civil rights for those groups are they're come they're starting to more and more get it uh that they're being exploited i had uh i i, I wrote a couple different articles for my website that are sort of thinly veiled criminal defense responses to stuff that's going on maybe that's the best way to put it you can check out my website sure. ohiolegaldefense.com you can see the blogs but the next one's going to be why you don't want your criminal <clears throat> defense lawyer or maybe any lawyer to be woke and the and the reason is, and, and this is a good segue for this, I was at court, I was representing somebody uh, who identified, I'm not going to even go into too much detail, but I was representing an individual that was either a man that was identifying a woman or as a woman who was identifying as a man. 
And this individual had gotten in some trouble and charged with crimes as a result of some of the stuff that happened last summer. And great client, got along great with this individual, no problems personally whatsoever. I was in court trying to resolve the case. And I went out in the hallway, I spoke with my client, and I started to hear that there were witnesses and they are right over there. I got this witness, they're right over there. Or the, the, and I got just completely turned around and confused. And I looked at my client and I said, wait a second, how many people were with you? Oh, just one. I said, okay, who is that? Them. And, and I said, all right, I get what you're doing here now. And I'm sorry, I didn't understand but I need to know if it's one, two, three more, this matters because I have one witness statement. Uh, I don't have two, I don't have multiples. And to the extent the police didn't do their job and interview everybody, I need to know that. So with all due respect, at least for this discussion right here, let's be very specific about what we're dealing with. It's math. And it, right. It's math. It's there's singular, there's plural. And, and I totally, in, in, my client laughed sure, and said, look, it's all right. You know, we, we get, I mean, it right. wasn't a controversy. Right. And I think immediately the flaw in that reasoning was exposed sure. to my client. Sure. And, and it dawned on me and that, that was one of the, the catalysts for my, my article that's coming is why you don't want your criminal defense lawyer to be woke because where does it stop? Am I allowed to go into a courtroom and do I have to use terminology that's confusing? Do I have to use terminology that's going to blur distinctions between facts that are essential for what I'm trying to do for my client? Am I not allowed to use the N-word in a courtroom setting if it is the catalyst of my defense and why maybe my minority client did something in response to that? Where, where does it stop? Sure. And if there, if in what power are you going to give a judge and ultimately uh, society to shut down your criminal defense lawyer from advocating vigorously because of wokeness. And I'm here to tell you that it is almost always in my career been a safe zone. Didn't matter. Get in the conference room of the client is accused of a crime. All bets are off. They, it's almost like we're going to check all the nonsense at the door, going into the conference room, and we're just going to talk turkey about what's real and what's not, what you can do, what you can't, what I can do, what you can't. Race goes out the window. Gender goes out the window. Unless it's relevant, nothing matters. Right. But now it's starting to matter. And I wonder what happens when that spills over into a courtroom when I am shut down from certain cross-examination or certain arguments where I can't say certain things that are essential to my client's case, and that's where things get really, really dangerous. That's where, that's where it matters. And this is why you don't want your criminal defense lawyer to be woke. Yep. So, anyway, yep. a couple things. We didn't talk about racing yet. Big Ohio win, right? Yeah. Um, first of all, Matthew. Mm-hmm. Dude, you're right. Vasily Stalin died after World War II. You're the man. Um, he, um, I remember they put him in charge of the Soviet yeah. hockey team. He was an alcoholic. Yeah, yep. bunch and, of bunch of bad stuff. And then uh, when he like started spreading a bunch of conspiracy theories about when Stalin died, what happened to him? Yeah, uh, yeah, he was. So it might have been a nephew or something else. Um, no, thank yeah, you, thank was. you for that. Um, um, so. Um, yeah, so um, Mike uh, Michael uh, Shank racing. 
uh, here in Columbus. Michael uh, grew up as 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 far as I know, grew up in the Gahanna area of Columbus, Ohio. Went to school, I believe, at Gahanna Lincoln. And at some point, um, I'd like to interview him. You know, when when uh, when we launch a show on uh, motorsports. Uh, but yeah, they won the Indy 500, man. And so Michael was just a club racer. I say just, you know, but I mean, that's what feels so good about this victory. He's a small uh, businessman, um, a, um, a a former club racer like I am, you know, mm-hmm. so uh, pulled himself up by his own bootstraps, <clears throat> uh, was uh, a, a factory Ford racing team. Uh, they won the 24 hours at Daytona and some other things using the Ford uh, prototype vehicles set some uh, track records, some close course track records, I think at Talladega. Um, So he did some epic things and then Ford dropped him (laughs) and they went with uh, Chip Ganassi to run the GT 40 program uh, over in Le Mans and in, in America uh, in IMSA and Michael uh, at that point, his business was uh, really in jeopardy. He had lost his major uh, sponsor, and he became associated with Honda after that and uh, had been racing the Acura NSX supercar, um, but had not actually um, sort of recovered at the same level that Ford uh, had been sponsoring him. And uh, he did he did an amazing deal where um, one of the F1 drivers, uh, former champion F1 driver from Spain um, was able to enter the Indy 500 and was uh, doing very well until he had uh, some kind of mechanical breakdown. And uh, Michael's team had a slot where they uh, qualified for the Indy 500 and they were asked to accommodate this F1 guy. So he came over, took Michael's slot, uh, and Michael uh, Andretti's team entered that car for the F1 guy. So that got the other F1 guys really interested in maybe, hey, maybe we ought to go back to the Indy 500. Because at one point, the Indy 500 was part of the F1 championship series uh, back when it was called Grand Prix. And it was actually one of the races that counted like Monaco and the yeah. Nürburgring and all those. Uh, I don't think Nürburgring is right now, but yeah. not right now, but yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Back when Fangio was racing yeah, and all those like guys. Nicky Lauda and James. Hunt and yeah. Guys. And even further back, like yeah. Sterling Moss, you know, so um, Matthew's a big fan of racing, as you could tell. And um, which is awesome. It's so awesome that he is. And so um, the cool thing is, that these F1 guys sort of got spooled up. And uh, one of the uh, neat things that happened is Michael Shank here in Columbus got a little profile out of that deal. And so they entered a car this year for a two-time Indy champion uh, named uh, Helio Castroneves from Brazil. And he had won the Daytona 24 Hours this year and never had raced again in 2021 so he won the first race he entered and then he won the indy 500 with michael shank so he's two for two i mean he won the two biggest races you can win in america and you except for the daytona 500 and right here in columbus yeah 
and you were talking about uh, Ford earlier uh, in the endurance racing, right? The like, uh, was that when they dropped him? You were talking about uh, what was the race that they dropped him? Well, he was competing. So Michael Shank Racing, Shank Racing was Ford's racing department, if you will, for what they called IMSA DPI, I think, Daytona Prototype International, I believe was the category. And I don't know much about it. And we're going back and about 10 years. Have you seen the years. movie Ford v. Ferrari? Heck yeah, man. Uh, is like that the same times. kind of racing? Um, it is. That's prototype racing as in the movie as portrayed in the 60s. Yes. Okay. Yep. That's right. Now the prototype cars look way different, of course. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So. Maybe we just let those guys do a racing show. We're just going to sit back and hang out. Heck yeah. This this guy here is spooled up. Well, you I'm, see, I'm, I'm okay, digging My it. brother is more of an F1. Yeah, we're going to. We, may, we may, right? may have some guests. So what, you're, what we're hinting around here is Norm's going to start his own show here. I think he's going to have his own uh, motorsports really show. really want to do it. Yeah. 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 Now, and Michael uh, Shank would just be like perfect killer. Guest. Yeah. So um, other than um, um, uh, Jim Truman and Bobby Rahal, which won the Indy 500, I don't specifically know of another um, a winner from Columbus, Ohio. Yeah. And, well, Bobby's actually from Chicago, but of course they were really? headquartered. Central Ohio. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, you know. yeah, I mean, sure. we'll take him, right? <laughs> and and yeah. so, uh, yeah, gosh, it has. I don't know if Graham Ray Hall has won an Indy 500. I'm not positive of that. So I need to check my facts, but that's Bobby's son. checker. Yeah, yeah. He's won a bunch of uh, <laughs> IndyCar races. I don't think he's won the 500. You're asking a wrong. Do you have any races coming up? Uh, I raced last month. Uh, I don't have any races planned this month. I've been a little tied up. Uh, I think I'm going to be racing again in July, but I have to look at the calendar and figure all that out. So I came back off of a very uh, intense racing calendar down south and then raced at mid-Ohio. My car's in need of some service. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it just got a lot of body work done. We call yeah. that service because it sounds less uh, punitive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's just say I had the dent guy out. Yeah. 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 Well, look, uh, we've been doing this every week now. I've been doing a quick little recap or this day in World War II history. And I I confess some of these, I we've done it now three or four, maybe two or three times. Uh, I came up with some of those, those first several on my own. This one, I did a little research. Believe it or not, I don't know exactly what happened on June 16th. Uh, in World War II, but it just turns out that June 16th, 1944 was the first or deployment of the Mulberry A. I believe it was Mulberry A and B were created by the Fighting Seabees. Those who don't know anything about the Fighting Seabees, I could tell you go to Wikipedia, but instead go watch the John Wayne movie. Uh, the Fighting Seabees were an arm of the U.S. Navy. They were, it's really the construction battalion, I believe. And uh, they would go in and build stuff that the military needed and uh, among the things they built were mulberries. Mulberries were man-made harbors that they dropped outside the coast or dropped off the coast of the beaches in Normandy. And uh, that enabled our transport ships, our supply ships, uh, everything we needed to, to basically win the war uh, was because of these mulberries, mulberry A and mulberry B. They weren't without problems. They had some issues early on, but they were essentially concrete pads, I believe floating on pontoons they were just the big concrete pontoon boats and they chained them all together and uh that enabled it created a breakwater and enabled our ships to basically enter and exit and uh and create a transport 
that was uh, easier than than the Higgins boats for people. But anyway, that was uh, the first one was deployed on June 16th, 1944, created by the Construction Battalion, the Fighting Seabees. So that is the World War II fact of the week. Uh, coming up, uh, comedian's about to go on tour. You you just were up there in uh, in Toledo. We right? just got back from Toledo. Got back Monday morning at about. I don't know. It's like one in the morning. One in the morning. And then I just been hitting my vape, and then I've been going through uh, supply chains. I, I just I literally just missed a call here from Jason now, uh, trying to get merchandise together. But it was an amazing show. Um, things are different, man. Uh, this is a learning process, and and one whole walk that we're going to be on because you know he's got seventy two shows that we're going through that he's doing you know in in six months. And, uh, you know, if we fly out, uh, it was a Friday morning at like five in the morning, we're going to, uh, Tempe, Arizona and, uh, we'll be there for three days, six shows. Uh, it was odd though. We were up in Toledo and multiple things about different shows. They were all great shows. They were all sold out. We didn't understand on a Friday show why it was sold out, but it still looks spaced because they're still, they're not at a hundred percent capacity. And, some people are going on with their lives. Some people are still hesitant. This is what some people were doing. We're buying four tops for two people. Like, so they'd have extra space. Yeah. So they paid for the seats, but there's no patrons. And that's always something you got to think about too. It's like, well, I thought you said it was sold out. I seen empty seats. It's like, well, people bought extra seats around them. So they've got more space. Yep. Uh, and then what we found is that, I mean, it was, it was funny. We're checking in the hotel, and it's right walking distance, right across the street from the club. And they've got their advertisements, you know, the, the TVs that are up, you know, breakfast in the morning and this and that. Well, his face would come up. And uh, we were standing there, and, and some lady saw him, and she, I just saw you. And, and we got asked uh, if we were musicians, athletes. The athletes one where it's great. This older lady came up to me. She's like, you guys are athletes, aren't you? And uh, Kenny, I mean, Bobby looked, he was like, maybe Kenny. <laughs> yeah. And because uh, I don't really look like an athlete, but there's weddings going on because they've got, you know, means Hilton, they got their, they got their, yeah. the, the venues, the, are, the open. venues are open that's yeah. going on. And uh, see, then they were setting up there for breakfast and this one girl works there, notices Jason and they, can I get a selfie? And it got to the point where it's weird. Because, you know, show started, you know, like, let's say the first show is at 7 p.m. So you've got a whole day of waiting for 7 o'clock. And then after that show, then you got your 930 show. You know, you got, you you know, so you're waiting the whole day and he's going over bits and getting ready for it. Because when we drove in, we got into town, checked in the hotel room, walked over. He's on stage. Boom. Go time. Friday. Then we go over the, the notes. We go for a walk in this parking lot. There's just, there's nobody out there. There's like an open parking lot. And then we're coming, getting closer. And this guy jumps out of the car. He's like, excuse me, excuse me. Comes running right up to us. And he's a fan. And then Jason talks to him like, yeah, I'll take a selfie. And he's like, hey, hey, my sister's the biggest fan. She, she introduced me to you. She sent this all over. Uh, will you do a FaceTime? And then it's kind of like, what, what am I supposed to do with that? He's going to call her. I'm like, oh, Hi. Sarah, you know, he was like, I'm taking the picture. You know, I mean, and we're literally doing a last walk. He's about to go on stage. I was there when the guy first came up and took selfie. I was like, hey, we got we got a schedule. We got a schedule. And the guy was really kind of pulling on him. As we walked away, I was like, you got close to five million followers. How many of them are crazy? 
I said, what happens when you, I said, what city do you think you could most possibly get abducted? I was like, what if, because he plays these characters, right? And everybody right. wants these characters. I said, what if he locks you in a basement, makes you be Derek? Um, and now his last show, the crowd was working it. The crowd was awesome. Things were going. He did well over an hour. He did about an hour and 10 minutes. Well, I mean, from what I can tell, he's killing it. He's got his followers. He's blowing up. But he's not allowed to, to. So then after that guy, he was a, a he was at a wedding that was there. So we go upstairs, get, get everything together. He goes back downstairs. I normally all walk out. He goes down because he wants to get a bottle of water. And he goes down there. He, he ended up calling us. He was like, hey, can you grab this? And his, I'm in the green room. He's like, I had to get out of there. It's like, what's going on? He was like, so that guy goes, tells the whole wedding. And now all these people want to see him. So now there's, you get out of the elevator, you walk through the lobby, you know, there's seating areas and everything like that to the front door. And he's just getting hit up. So he splits, goes over there. Yeah. Me and Kenny get out and it was so weird because there's about 35 people all dressed up. Some of them are, you know, I mean, in the wedding, they were there. We get out of the elevator and then they're staring at us. But it was weird because it sounded like this. Nothing. It was like, normally it's, hey, Sally, that's a beautiful dress. There's all kinds of conversations. Yeah. The conversations stopped. Whenever you got a large group of people and nobody's talking, it's kind of like, what's going on? What's, what's, what's happening? And then we walked over there and I was kind of like this. I said, you're not allowed to go out by yourself. Yeah, you, you shouldn't. No, that's uh, like, you absolutely should not. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that's weird. Because I've gone on the road with them before. We go to Nashville. We're walking around. We have a beer. We're watching some bands. We go to the show. We go back out. No mas. And on this one here, too, we walk out. Everybody wants to buy them drinks. Everybody wants to buy them drinks. Everybody wants to. Because, you know, it's kind of like where we were at up there. It's Perrysburg. It's kind of like an Easton. Yep. You know, so to walk back to the hotel, there's a bar Louie there. There's a couple other. And, and people are hitting him up. And at the end of the show, he's gracious. He signs. He takes pictures. Uh, he signs autographs. So. You'll get done with one show, and by the time you sign the last autograph, the second show, the opener's already, he's on. It's, it's going. Yeah. So he'll get done from there and go right back in. And it's neat to sit around, and I've watched Kenny and him, and we critique the shows. We talk about what hit, what laugh didn't. You know, he's adding to it, yeah. changing words, adding taglines, you know what I mean, coming back to the jokes. And uh, it's, it's a neat process to watch, but it's different than it used to be because now we're like, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like, we're locked in a hotel room. Yeah. It's a, it's like a whole brave. He's no, he's, you know what I mean? I was like, like, I was like, Oh, this is how rock the stars get cuffs of fame. Yeah, right? yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if we go out, you're gonna have to deal with this. It's if at some point you just don't want to deal with it. Like you're yeah. exhausted, you don't want to deal with it. But so, you know what I mean? But that's the price of fame, I guess, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And, what the response is, is amazing. Some people, this is the first time ever going to a comedy show. And uh, they, they know him from online. And you got to remember that that's, you know, 16 years he's been doing stand-up. His stand-up is not what he does on TikTok. Yeah, it's different. But in his show, he starts out, he with an intro, he comes in, he tells a couple of jokes. And then he gets to, he's like, this pandemic. Pandemic's weird, man. And he lists the date. He was in Richmond, Funny Bone. And, uh, March. And he's like, they closed everything down. He's like, they closed the country down. He said, all my shows are canceled. I didn't know what to do. So I downloaded an app, TikTok, and the crowd goes crazy. 
And then he's got, he talks about TikTok and a few things on there. And then he's got some stories that, you know, have come about because of followers and different things that are going on and his characters. What I love about that, what I love about that is that he's taken, it's like, remember uh, Moonlighting, the show? Mm -hmm. It's like, that was a really unique show because like in the middle of the show, sometimes they would just look at the camera and, you know, they would look, so as I'm looking right at the camera and they would start talking to the camera while the other stuff is still going on behind them as part yep, of like, yep. they brought the audience into the production. And it's sort of like he's doing that. It's like in the middle of a, a routine that is a prepared routine, yep. like a stand-up, he's like, he brings it back and now it's personal. And now he's sharing something with the crowd that's personal. And then I'll go back into his, it's like, that to me is unique. And he's got about 12 minutes where he's at on that right now. That's really cool. And as new stories come about, he gets to add them into there because- there are stories, if you don't follow him on TikTok, you should be able to figure it out and get it together about what he's doing. And then I've seen him continue to add to, you know, that 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 is still growing. Yeah. And uh, I sit there, when I'm, I mean, I was, I'm selling their merch, taking care of that because he's taking pictures going through. So I'm doing the merchandise. But they have me go in there and they have me time everything. And they have me taking notes. You know what I mean? What hit? What did the, you know what I mean? What did the crowd on this one do here? You know what I mean? If sometimes too, I and mean, Kenny's kind of got it now because you got to realize you're going through all this. And then like, let's say you have an interaction with the, with a guest. Well, then they're like, where was I at? Or you got to remember because this joke usually takes three minutes. This joke takes five minutes, this joke, and you got to time all in so they work together. Well, if a minute and a half gets eaten up because somebody says something, then what what'll happen is now he's got to cut a joke because you got to remember like Kenny's got, you know, he's doing 25 minutes. Right. So everything is, it's timing is very, very. Let, me, essence. let me call timeout because Norm has handed me a note. It's a good point. What? We are talking about the comedians on South high crew. Yes. Jason Banks. So check him out. Jason Banks, TikTok. Kenny uh, mock. Kenny mock. Also, stand-up comedian working the crew like professional. Yes, Bobby, Bobby does. does. Now, Bobby isn't. Bobby picks up in Columbus, which is going to be July first, uh, second, and third, and then he's going to go on 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 the tour of this right now. He had some other shows that he was tied up to not go to because you got to remember we've already hit up you know uh, uh, Cleveland, uh, Tampa, Florida, and and Toledo, and this weekend we're going to Tempe, Arizona. So Bob, Bobby, Bobby Dodds. Can you can you spell that? Because people might want to Google him. Oh, Jason Banks. No, Bobby Dodds. Bobby Dodds. Yeah, that's B O B B B I E, not not Y. B O B B I E D O D D S. Bobby Dodds. Jason Banks. And so now there's so you can see Jason Banks, Bobby Dodds, Kenny Mock. You can listen to them right here at Comedians on South High. Mock. M O C K. Yeah. Like mock me, mock you. Yeah. Uh, not Mach 1. Right. Yeah. Right. Go to ComediansOnSouthHigh.com. ComediansOnSouthHigh.com. You can find it there. Check yeah. it all out. Yeah. JasonBanksComedy.com. You can go uh, now see this crew, not only live on stage, you can check out Jason Banks at TikTok. I, I just told, I was out in Colorado, I told my friends this, they're, they're like huge TikTok. I said, just check out Banks. He's the best TikToker ever. And they're like, what does he do? And I said, just got to watch it. And uh, I'm already getting feedback. People, yeah, love it. that was one yeah. of the responses. Yeah, people love it. Um, and uh, and then obviously tune into the podcast every single week. Yeah, we've, on South yeah we've got it in Denver. That would be September 10th and 11th. Yeah, both of those shows are already sold out. 
Isn't majority of the shows are sold out. I mean, whenever he goes on, it is, and then, but then they'll add a day and they'll add times. But then sometimes, you know, they want to add it because they're doing so well. They're like, every time we post a show, we're going to sell tickets. And so they'll try to convince them to do a matinee and sell the tickets three days before. And it's kind of like, that's uh, yeah, so you got to start uh, yeah. down back on. Well, that, so. and that was it each time too. We had certain issues with the host on this one and we pointed them out. And he was like, I'm going to have to make sure that next, you know, next when we go down to, to Arizona, I'm going to say, I want this, this, and this. Yep. Figuring it out. Figuring because it out. like it comes into t- like Jason's supposed to do 45 minutes now. And if there's another show coming in, he pretty much has to hit that. Cause you got to remember they're going to turn it. Yeah. Now his last one, he can go longer. And like I say, in the, on the last show that he did, he did wow, the closing show. That tells show. me if you want to check out Jason Banks, you want to check out the second show. Yeah, that's those are the best. Or the final one. The, 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 they're, they're usually the good ones. Yeah. But what I'm saying, the last show was a Sunday show, and we only had one. And we thought, and it was earlier, we kind of thought that we were like, ah, yeah. I don't know how this crowd's going to be. We'll see how this goes. And he was in the back. He's like, you know, it's like these Sunday shows, early 6 o'clock show. Who goes to a show at 6 o'clock? And uh, I walked in there. I said, man, I said, I got a good, good feeling for this crowd. And so, you know, Banks is in different areas in the green room, back room. Whenever you hear green room, too, you think something really fancy. Maybe these exist. These are really just kind of closets. They're like the size of a storage closet that should be, yeah. have canned goods in it. And uh, so, and if he's walking around in the club, it, it, it's over. They're all over. You know what I mean? So, well, you know what I love about this story is that um, I'm going to get this camera on me. What I love about this story is this: it, he has taken. Let me just back up. Whenever the so the government sort of intervened in our lives and and created havoc, like took people's jobs, ruined people's businesses, uh, basically destroyed the economy, and then as a result of that, we survive. And Jason Banks survives. He's like he he takes he takes the adversity stumbles into TikTok, something he's never really done before, and then created this huge phenomena on TikTok. And then something else happens. He's changing how stand-up works. So he's taking all these people on TikTok. Like TikTok viewers don't go to stand-up comedy clubs. I mean, I, I'm guessing, but I think I'm right. So it's like, you know, the, the kids with their screens, well, like you tell me, Matthew, like you watch TikTok, don't you? Uh, every now and then. Every now and then. But you get guys like Matthew or people that are like in their basements watching TikTok and giggling and laughing. I got nothing against those folks, um, but they're not necessarily the stand-up guys. And now they're going to stand-up shows. So like he's, he's merging these, these two areas of entertainment into this something new. And that, that's what I think is awesome about it. He's cutting edge like that. And I told him that, and I don't know if he realizes how cutting edge he really is. Yeah. And you know, it, it, the TikTok conversations are good because they keep growing. And like on tonight's, uh, we're going to come in here. I don't know what you're doing. If we go live, if you come in here, if not, we're recording a show because we're back a show. Everybody's schedule has been crazy. We need to get a comedians on South high out, yep. but we've got three big shows with different comedians that we're going to go over and talk about. And like one of the things that bits is he was like, last week I was in Tampa, Florida. People, people are lining up and this guy comes up. He's like, my life, you're my wife's favorite comedian. She absolutely loves you. Hey man, will you kiss her? and then he's got a whole bit that he goes on with that i'm not gonna give away his punchline but that's something that really happened well, check it out what's the but closest show coming up the closest show is it's it's sold out done. it's, it's sold done. out it's the columbus show first second and third it's done 
Uh, I do believe there may be uh, Liberty Township, Funny Bone. That's uh, 730, 7.31. Uh, there may be tickets for that. Well, maybe if Channel 511 needs a sponsor one. I don't know. We, we'll have to get something, but it's uh, he's, he's, he's pretty booked, and I'm, and I'm rolling with him. Well, and I'll just I'll, I'll, I'll end it with one other, though, is that there's this guy who's a veteran, and uh, he was, like, talking about COVID, and, and he was depressed, right? And he was down. And he said, your videos help me get through it. And he starts to cry. Oh, man, that's going to make me cry. And it's like, it's like, man, you know, it's weird. It's like you're, you're touching people in then, a, you know what I mean? And it's just, it's so I'm glad that I'm, you know what I mean? I'm watching this journey go down. I mean, me and Mr. Banks has got his own room. Me and Kenny split in a room, you know? Yeah. So me and Kenny Mock, we're talking each night and going over things and, and talking about it. And, and Kenny gets it too. And Kenny's amazed. I was like, I was like, we are living a documentary right now. Yeah. This is what, this is what documentaries are made of. If we can keep it going now, maybe not, maybe it fizzles out, maybe it pops and it dies, but oh. if we keep it rolling on the growth and then because it's fast. What's what's what I love about it is, is, is how he's like created this new genre. He's, he's combined these two worlds, but he's just a good guy. He's not like, he's the guy that was sitting down here talking to us, making, you know, doing funny shows. And now he's taken off and he hasn't changed. He's still a good guy. You know, he's still just a guy that is that likes to be funny and and has his own quirky things that are that make him human and individual. And then Kenny Mock, same thing. And Bobby Dodd. It's like these are great guys. And anybody who um, it, it's made me sort of recognize those who make it. We, we have this weird idea of entertainers, like the famous guys, like they're they're up on some weird little area that that, that they're beyond us somehow. And then you're seeing it, like you said, you're living a documentary. This is happening in real time. You get to experience it and watch it. And they're just, they're just normal people who are really good people. And I know that it hit Banks in his heart when that guy told him that. I know Banks enough to know. Yeah. That, that, that was it. He was like, he was like, what those guys, he, he, he wasn't mad, but he kind of acted mad when we were back. He was like, I had a son. He's like, how's a guy going to make me cry? Well, I still got to take like five more pictures. <laughs> I'm supposed to be funny. You know what I mean? Right. He's like, he's like, I got to, I got, you know, there's more people in line. Right. I'm and as to- they're going through and waiting, I ask people, I was like, now usually they're coming to me to buy a shirt. I ask them a question. I'm like, I hope y'all enjoyed the show. Well, you wouldn't be up here to buy something if you didn't, if yeah, if you didn't enjoy the show. You're going to run out. I knew you enjoyed it, but it's a long line. There's literally, but each shows like a hundred people that will, at least will line up and wait in line and take a picture with them. And so I'll ask them too, you know, I mean, have you ever seen this comedy before? Or, you know, I mean, are you, are you from around here? And a lot of people travel. I said, it's the same thing. They're staying in the same hotel we're staying in. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So that's where you're running. And a lot of people, we had New York, Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, you know, we had uh, Wisconsin, uh, Chicago to see banks to see to see him. They traveled because they were like, we he had we had Columbus. We had Columbus people that were up there that we talked to. They were funny, but they were like, we wanted to buy tickets to the Columbus show, but we couldn't. And they added this show because they were on that last day. They're like, we yeah. found this show got added. So we we drove up here, stayed and the night. Killing it. It's, it. it's I couldn't. It's just such a heartwarming story, really. I mean, it's like to see a guy like that make it on his terms, not the traditional way, like in this, like it's always like that though. And it like the most successful people stumble into it in, in a, in a very uh, good faith way. They, they didn't try to fake it. He didn't try to do something. It wasn't him. He didn't try. He just started doing funny videos and he's funny. His stand up was good anyway. Yeah. No, it's, but, I, his stand up yeah. is, 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 is really good. But that's what people were saying. They were so, like, we, nobody didn't, we didn't know it. what to expect. Yeah. 
Because in you don't know, but I'll give a breakdown. People that don't know, in this he's got a handful of characters, but he plays all the characters. He's a dad, and he's got eleven year old son and eleven year old son's friend and and eleven year old blind Adam, and uh, so you can't recreate that because he uses this this app. You know, what I mean that like smushes his face a little bit to give him a different look, and literally part of the joke there too is is he talks about he's like I'm on my knees make these he's shooting these videos he's got to look like a small guy so he's literally and he i've seen him shoot these videos he's like oh my goodness man because he's up and down he's on his knees editing doing all of it writing and all yeah and we were out having breakfast at the waffle house and somebody was like oh my god and they knew he was and the husband i didn't say this too he's like yeah he's a regular guy like he eats too because she like couldn't believe that oh my god he eats at waffle house you know what i mean it's like the husband was like yeah he's he's a person He's just a, he's a guy. Yeah. And he's, he's a guy. Like I said, it couldn't be better. And, and what I love as much as anything is that you're part of it. The studio is part of it. We, we get to experience it in real time right here on channel 511 comedians on South high. And uh, tonight you're coming in. I think Matthew and I may come in and uh, run the, run the videos for you or get you guys uh, get some live stream going there. We need to do it. So Lots of cool stuff going on here at Channel 511, not the least of which is the comics. And again, not the least of which is going to be Norm's new show coming up. Uh, I, we had a name for it. I got an outline for it. So we're going to get that going. Next week, we'll have the X-Checker back. Uh, a few other credits I should give. Brett wasn't here today, but Brett at Circle 270 Media, he is the podcast guru. He's the guy that makes all the podcasts sort of happen. He knows how to get it up, how to what, uh, where to put it, how to disseminate it. If it's a business, he knows what can help, what can't, does the marketing with you. So great guy. That's Circle 270 Media. Why does it sound so good? Because Freddie B makes it sound good. He came in here. It sounded like crap. Jared and I were struggling. You know, you know, Norm, we knew nothing, nothing about sound until we started this. And Jared and I were down here wrestling with this crap. Freddie B comes in and uh, Fred Blanchard comes in and just in about, what, an hour has it sounding awesome. And uh, we knew less about video than we did audio. So big Dan, Dan Buckley, Dan Buckley photographer came in. He helps us with the video, all the stills on the website, et cetera. Uh, check out channel511.com. If you want your own podcast, you can send us an email there. Check out uh, Circle 270 Media. And if you got a question for Lawyer Talk, lawyertalkpodcast.com, submit it there. And of course, I am a criminal defense lawyer. Believe it or not, that is my career. I don't do this full time. So we, uh, I've got a whole practice up there if you need help with uh, any sort of matter, really. I, I do try to steer everybody in the right direction. Norm's got a question. Here we go. Hey, uh, while you guys were talking about those awesome um, entertainers, uh, Matthew and I were over here doing a little Googling. Yeah. Turns out Stalin had two sons. Ah, so you're both right. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're both right. <laughs> so <laughs> uh, Yakov uh, uh, was uh, in prison, died in uh, German uh, as a German POW in 1943, apparently threw himself against an electric fence in a, almost certainly they consider it a suicide. A suicide. Yeah. While he was a German well, a POW, the Germans. So, um, what, um, what Hitler tried to do was swap, um, Stalin's son Yakov and Stalin refused to do the deal for, uh, Friedrich Paulus who was captured at Stalingrad. Interesting. And, and, and it did, the deal didn't go down. So, so I don't know if that says something good about Stalin or something really awful about Stalin. Well, Stalin later, it says in this article that we found, um, was uh, obviously 
you know, thought his son died a hero's death and, you know, yeah. part of the legend. Yeah, well, I'm sure he's man of that steel. Way. That's what, you know, his last name Stalin. wasn't really Stalin. You know, it was like Drzezuski or something like that. Oh, Stalin's I didn't know that. last yeah. name. Yeah, he took on the name Stalin. When he was a petty criminal, he went by his real name. Uh, what a, what a, <laughs> but Stalin, Stalin. In, 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 uh, in Russian means man of steel. Gotcha. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. But his other son was a drunk conspiracy theorist who ran around Russia just spreading fake things. Like uh, when Stalin died, he started spreading conspiracy theories that uh, the doctor or like that uh, all his inner circle killed him and they were like, Harvesting, uh, they they he just spread theories that like he was in charge of like a hockey team when his dad died because yeah, he was a lot of Russians believe today that Stalin was killed by his doctors. You know, I mean, there's there's that you know, yeah, there is that conspiracy theory. Well, what there. happened was Stalin shipped or got all the best doctors in Moscow killed because they were trying to kill him. Well, he was against the yeah educated people. I mean, and then so the when it came down to it, the the only people to help him were people who had, were awful doctors who were retired. And, well, I mean, he was stuck with Zhukov and a few of those yeah. other generals because he killed like 400 of the top military generals yeah. before the war even started. Well, <laughs> yeah, he eviscerated it, his own army. It, it just anybody who thinks that there is uh, that we I could talk for hours. on sure. this. All I can say is this. That history is the most troubling history that there is. Absolutely. So anybody who believes in that nonsense of uh, that that they were doing something good for the better of the whole, just go count the bodies. That's all I can say. Right. If, um, if you're a Russian count the general, bodies in Ukraine during the twenties. If you're a Russian general and you need some legal help, call. Yeah, you can call Yavgen Palmer, 614-224-6142. It is DUI season, as it turns out. So I've had a lot of uh, people getting pulled over lately. Uh, funny, you would say, how do people get pulled over in this day and age of Uber for drinking and driving? Maybe that's just the nature of alcohol. Who am I to say one way or another? But if you do need help, 614-224. Did I get my number? 614-224-6142. So uh, this has been Lawyer Talk off the record on the air. We show up every single Wednesday now interface with the blitz then go live on channel 511 you too could have a live show just look us up you want a podcast we can help norm's gonna get one comedian's got one brett's got circle 270 media they got half a dozen everybody's got them now we can go live multi-camming do all sorts of fancy stuff why because we like to do it anyway this has been lawyer talk off the record on the air at least until now we're going not live